Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. Hi, guys. Thanks for tuning in to the Friday Reporter Podcast. I'm Lisa, your host, and this podcast is in partnership with PR Daily. You've got to hear about this great conference that PR Daily is doing May 11th in New York City. Uh, It's the Media Relations and Measurement Conference, and I'm going to be there. I'm going to be hosting a couple of panels. We're going to talk about what's happening, what's landing in the newsroom, what's, you know, what's making it in the in the paper, all that cool stuff. So find more information about this great conference May 11th in person, yay, uh, online at prdaily.com or hit me up at lisa at fridayreporter.com. Thanks, guys. Hello there, and thanks so much for joining me for another episode of the Friday Reporter Podcast. Today's episode is with Lee Sheps, who is the senior producer and reporter for Inside Edition Digital. Lee and I will meet, as as I've promoted in many of the uh, other episodes before, uh, we are going to be in New York on May 11th talking about media affairs and media trends at the PR Daily Conference. Lee, thanks so much for being with me before we get to meet in real life. Yes, real life events. Who's excited for that? Bring them back, please. <laughs> So Lee, uh, you are, I, I, you know, as I, as I mentioned, as we were sort of getting on the call and getting going, I am just fascinated and so interested in the work that you do as you cover, um, you know, great human interest stories, stories that are relevant to, to Hollywood and to sort of just in general, like the kinds of good news, good information stories that I think all of us are craving so much right now. Tell me a little about how you got into this line of work. Yeah, so I, well, basically two separate types of stories that I cover, human interest, and I do cover entertainment on the side, and I think we'll talk about that a little bit later, but how did I get into it? Um, in high school, Homeville High School, uh-huh. uh, I Hold on, was, people. Another Jersey girl. Stand by. We're really going to, we're going to start pork roll and we're going to talk bagels. Just stand by for all yeah. that good stuff. <laughs> yeah. So in Homedale, they had a TV production studio, and they offered TV production classes. Uh-huh. So I took TV production one, TV production two, and I loved it. Yeah. Um, and so then I, I was always there putting together videos, and then I went to college at Montclair State in New Jersey. Awesome. For broadcasting. Yeah. And it, it, at the time, it was such a small department, and you really got your hands dirty in every possible way of production. Yeah. Um, and so then, you know, I interned and then um, I, I always wanted to be on air and be a reporter. So I went to News 12, Bronx mm-hmm. in Brooklyn for yeah. a little bit. Nice. Then I moved to Binghamton, New York for a reporting job. Yeah. And then I moved to Fort Myers, Florida for a reporting job. And then I moved home and I commuted hours to Philadelphia for a reporting job and then I um then I started getting um then I started doing digital because I was freelancing in Philadelphia and then I got another freelance job in New York for this company called Buzz 60 and it was creating digital videos it was one of the first companies to do it I started that in 2013 Mm -hmm. and so I moved from broadcast tv to that genre and then I just kept going I I 
I've been at Inside Edition now for six years on the digital team. So it's been a great progress from broadcast to digital and, you know, everything is streaming and digital where it's at. I was going to say that's the trend. I mean, that's where we are now. Yeah. Yes. So I'm ahead of the curve in that uh, regard because the skill set has been there for almost 10 years now. That's so great. And it's, it really is, it's changing all the time, but that alone, like having that opportunity. And I feel like that's a big piece of probably where you had to be. You had to be flexible. You had to be ready to move and go where the jobs were. Right. I have a friend who went to, I went to Trenton state and, um, I could have gone either way. I could have gone to New York or I could have gone to DC. I ended up in DC, but I have friends that are broadcast people in Tennessee and in Ohio and in lots of other places because they went kind of where the work was. Yes, I wanted to stay in New York, but the stations in Buffalo and Albany would not hire me. So, well, it's a, I have to believe it's super competitive too because it's so close to Manhattan too. Uh, was it competitive? I don't know. I guess maybe just I wasn't the right fit for them, but I'm I'm glad because both of those cities would have been cold and snowy for another two years. <laughs> Good point. And, you know, they say they pay you in sunshine in Florida. Which is awesome. So I have to say it was a very good experience moving to another state, not so close to home. Mm -hmm. And, like, experiencing what it's like down there and the culture um, and how, you know, if I didn't work in Florida, I wouldn't know how to navigate Florida courts and how Florida law works. And so I learned so much that I'm always covering Florida stories now. So I know so much about it from my time in Florida. Yeah. Well, it's a state that certainly continues to be a newsmaking state all the time. So I can imagine. Tell me a little bit though, Lee, like if I'm coming to you with a pitch, if I've got something that's kind of interesting that I think might work for you, what kinds of pitches, what kinds of stories are you, um, you you talk about um, heartwarming stories, those kinds of things. Tell me a little bit about what it is um, you look for in a pitch that would ultimately be something that you could turn into a news item. Yes. And this is what your audience is going to be interested in hearing about. Mm -hmm. So I'll tell you, I get so many emails from PR agencies and a lot of it I can't even open because it's just too much. But I'll tell you what I do look for. I look for stories that have a human interest angle, meaning I'll tell you, I love I have such good relationships with so many hospitals in around the country and they'll email me a story and they'll say, I have a mother and daughter who had this surgery or had a uh, transplant. And it was, and it was this emotional story about how the mom gave the daughter, the kidney and um, now everyone's healthy. And um, it's a great story. And oh, so I love that. That's, so that's the kind. So when the hospital emails me and since, and so I'm on digital, so I don't really go out and shoot a lot of a lot of stories. A lot of this is like quick turn. Mm-hmm. So what I'm looking for from the publicist is when you email me the pitch, do you have the real people I can talk to? Do you have them already pre-taped interviews that I can just like pull? Do you have video and do you have photos? Um, and then a lot of times they also offer like the doctor expert. And that's great too, you know, like because you need – you know, to hear from the expert as well. And that's what, so they're basically promoting their hospital and their doctors through the, you know, the real people that had the service done in the hospital. Sure. So that's just an, that's just one example of the things that I'm looking for. Right. If you could email me your entire, if you could email me in a whole story where all I can do is just download video that you send me and I can put together a news package that 
you know, that's golden. Like those are the things I'm looking for all the time. That's awesome. And that's good to know because I think that people don't even know that. I do think that pitches are too long. They're too wordy. And and we are all sort of living in a very short attention span life. Um, But that really makes a lot of sense because it is the kind of thing that you can then, as long as it's a video that's, that's good, that can be used. I mean, that's, that's solid gold. And that's really good advice. I think for anybody that's looking to create uh, these kinds of packages, I think that um, also, as I said earlier, I think we're all looking for for good news stories, right? I mean, we're certainly yeah. drowning in the not so good news stories, so we could certainly use some positive. Um, yeah, and, and just for another example, not necessarily like a hospital. I mean, yes, there's so many uplifting medical stories, but even like um, I had some people the other day. I got an email about a proposal that happened. Um, it, it just happened to be at a Broadway show, and I used to do cover these stories a lot, but I just haven't been recently. But it's a beautiful, heartwarming story. A couple gets engaged at a Broadway show, and then I would love for them to email me. Like, I wasn't at the Broadway show, but if I can get a quick interview with the couple and a mm-hmm. quick interview with maybe someone in the cast who helped uh, facilitate the proposal, and you have good video, then I'm likely to to do a story. But That's awesome. If you're gonna send me a vertical, blurry video where you can't hear anything and the audio is not clear then I just, it's really a waste of time because it's really not very good quality. You can't use it. Yeah, definitely understand that. So for Inside Edition, that's a big piece of, of what you do, but you also spend a little bit of time covering Hollywood and Broadway. Talk to me a little bit about what that's like. Okay, so I, I work full-time at Inside Edition mm-hmm. Digital. I've been there six years. And on the side, when I'm not working at Inside Edition, my side hustle is covering Broadway arts and entertainment and um, movies. Okay. So I, you know, I love it because it's two different genres. Like I was saying, when we started the interview, Yeah. you know, I'm covering these uplifting human interest stories that I think that resonate with people all around the country. And then I'm covering entertainment, um, which of course is fun because I'm always at shows. I'm always at events. I'm always talking to celebrities. So I, I mean, it's kind of the best of both worlds. Yeah. Um, I don't know. And it just, it just keeps me keeps me going and motivated every single day. Sure. Yeah, I mean, I can totally see that. And that's kind of fun, too, because I think that it's a nice little intersection between what you do in your regular job and what you do for, for fun. And certainly, I mean, you've it's obviously been repurposed in lots of different places. I mean, you had a piece not that long ago in Elle magazine. You've got some work that you do on lots of the other publications. So you're certainly, I mean, you're, you're kind of everywhere in that, in your quote-unquote hobby space, right? I mean, you're really getting a lot of good content out there, which is fun and, and it's so great. And it also shows sort of your commitment to the to craft that you're in. Yeah. And I think I can relate to PR because basically you have to think of me as, as a, when I'm, when I'm doing all this side stuff and putting my stories in different publications, I have to pitch all of these outlets, right? They don't know who I am. They don't know what stories I have. Mm-hmm. So I pitched L that story. It was a piece on Sutton Foster and the music man. Mm-hmm. So basically, I have to be like a publicist and cater a short pitch, tell them what I can get them, how I can get it. And then, you know, they're likely to green light the story when I say I can get you X, Y and Z. And here's what I have. um, And here are other stories I've done as examples. Sure. So that's that's the same thing for, you know, for PR agencies, you know, when you have to pitch reporters, you need to make sure that when the editor reads the pitch, that it's clean, concise 
short, understandable. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you a lot of pitches I get. I'm like, what are you pitching? <laughs> so confused. Yeah. And a lot of times I'm like, there is no story here. What what are you pitching? What you know, I'm not sure what you're pitching. But anyway, right. So I basically I am my own publicist, like pitching out these stories that I need, you know, I need to know, check all my boxes to make sure that I have them so that I'm just not bombarding their inboxes. Do you think though that you understand better what the pitch should look like because you're also you're not only pitching yourself, but you're also the recipient of pitches too? Yes. So you yes. know what's you know what they're looking for. You have a better sense. Also, people are busy, right? So you have to be really. What can I do for you? What is the story going to be? And here's what here's how I can deliver it in a way that's short and concise. I'll give you an example on that too. Like for today, I'm not pitching anybody any stories. It's the day after the Met Gala. Mm-hmm. Um, there's other news in the world, and people people you know entertainment sites are busy. Yeah. So my, like anytime, if it's like after the Oscars or after a big award shows, like never send a pitch. No one will ever see it. Right. They're too busy. That's right. So, so you know, PR agencies and publicists need to remember that. Yeah, no question. And that's, that's true. I think also in Washington, the day after a big election, the day after, or the day of a big election or the day after a big event in Washington or a day like today where we've got news that's happening. Um, it's not a good day for a pitch and it doesn't matter if they don't specifically cover that big news, whatever. A lot of times what ends up happening and you tell me if, if I'm off base here, but I think a lot of what happens is that even if you're not necessarily on the beat that is being overwhelmed, it ends up spilling out into the newsroom where people try to find out different elements, pull the different threads, what other kinds of things can we be talking about relevant to this so that they can be part of the narrative in a lot of different ways. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So it's, you know, you just need to like be careful about what time you're sending these, when you're sending them. Um, and, and my other piece of advice is to know who you're sending it to, because I do get so many pitches and I think you were going to ask me like, you know, some of my pet peeves that I have. Please. Yeah. I get so many pitches. I'm like, why are you, this is not relevant to me. Yeah. It's, you know, a lot of times I get, you know, maybe the audience has a better idea of what I cover based on our conversation so far, but I get, will you share with your viewers these products that I'm doing more uh, PR for? Yeah. Like I don't cover products. Right. You know, or I'll, um, and, or, or like, do you want to interview a celebrity who's sponsoring, who's the sponsor of this brand? Mm-hmm. And I, we don't really cover sponsored content like brands. Right, right. So the celebrity, I, I'm not going to do an interview with a celebrity because they're only promoting a brand and to say how great the brand is. Right. Well, that's cause you know that they're getting paid to tell you that anyway. Right. So there's right, that other exactly. piece of it too. And that's the other thing that I think is very difficult in any of our spaces that, um, there are so many pitches that are coming at you and a lot of times it's, it's coming from a place where like there's an aggregate list of people that have covered a variety of issues over the course of time, these aggregated lists that come from automated services. And then unless you spend an extra few minutes getting to know what it is each of these reporters have covered, you'll, you'll largely realize that half of the list is no good. Um, but that's hard. They're automated. They're automated one time. Oh my gosh. Maybe a few years ago, I got a, I got every week, I got eight emails in a row from this on the same pitch. Oh and my. then I would, I would email them back and be like, no, thanks. I'm passing on this. And then a week later, I'd get the same pitch again. Mm. And it's just, she was like, oh, sorry. You know, it was aggregated back into your email again. 
Yeah, but still. I, said, I already told her to take the off the list. <laughs> exactly. And it's spam. And then and that, at that point, their credibility is gone too. So like you can even put them in your blocked and then that's the end of that. So you really kind of lose right. that ability to have a conversation. Tell right. me, Lee, is there... Um, is there a story you think that stands out? Like if you look back over the course of your time as a journalist, is there something that stands out as like one that you especially loved covering or something that sort of stands out as like a, a moment in your career that you're especially proud of? I think the stories, I'll start generally. Mm-hmm. The stories that really resonate with the audience or even the subject that I'm interviewing stand out. And I'll just give an example of today because it's, fresh in my mind. Mm. I did a story. It was an original story for this website called Broadway Direct, and it was tied to Mother's Day. And it was a story about this Broadway dancer who auditioned for two Broadway shows pregnant, and she booked both jobs. Oh, wow. And that's a pretty, that's a pretty interesting, pretty big deal. And so I wrote this whole feature, and I interviewed um, the choreographer, Warren Carlisle, who hired her on both of those jobs. It was, it's just a very heartwarming, uplifting Mother's Day story. And so she messaged me. She said, I'm sobbing. This is like the greatest Mother's Day gift ever. Thank you. Oh, awesome. And so to me, those are the best kind of stories when, you know, you really make an impact on somebody. There was another story I did recently for Inside Edition. A woman was having, having um, trouble getting in touch with the insurance company for a, a, um, a transplant she needed. And so we did a whole story about her struggles, being able to go to a different hospital to get the transplant. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think by us putting her story out, you know, really potentially made an impact on her being able to go to the next hospital to be able to get the surgery that she needed. Oh, that's awesome. And so those are the stories that I think are the most impactful to me because I know we're making a difference to somebody else. Yeah. And I'm, I have to believe that that's why you got into this line of work in the first place so that you could make a difference. Yes. I love it. Yeah. That's so great. They, I love when the stories resonate and people care. Well, that's, I mean, and I, I do too. And I'm so glad for that. Like I said, you know, it's, we need it right now. Tell me, Lee, um, are there, do you think, um, you know, I don't, I've, I don't really come in contact with a lot of celebrities here in Washington, D.C., unless you count sort of the celebrities that are Washington, D.C. Politicians, yeah, <laughs> politicians right. are a different kind of celebrity, if you will. What kinds of challenges, like how do, how do you approach those conversations? Is it, do you do a lot of research in advance? Tell me a little bit about what that feels like when, that, the, when that's happening. I love the celebrity interviews that I do when I don't have to do any research because I know them inside and out mm-hmm. because I just follow them so much that I, I know a lot about them. Those I think are the best stories that I do. Um, and the Sutton Foster piece I did for L magazine is a testament to that because I've followed Sutton's career since thoroughly modern Millie. And so I just know a lot about her and her career. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, yes, I do research celebrities I don't know. I research them. I read other articles about them because I don't want to ask the same questions that have been asked in other interviews because right. then it's not new. Right. Then I read so many interviews about celebrities and every interview is the same thing. I'm like, wow, this is the same. This is, this is the same story. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I really try to find something really unique and really different than I can ask them. I'll read articles. I'll go on YouTube. I'll watch interviews they've done on YouTube. 
um, for that. And I think, you know, there have been times when I do the story and then there's something they don't like in the story. And so they ask me, well, well, can you fix this and this and this, you know, and it just depends on the situation. Mm -hmm. I had one, I had one celebrity, I did the interview and she said something and I clarified, I said, so you're saying that X, Y, and Z. Mm. And she's like, no, I'm not saying that. I'm saying this. And then we hung up. I, I said, oh, okay, got it. We hung up and then she like called me again. And she's like, to confirm, like, to confirm this is what I'm trying to say. And, <laughs> and it was three different things. No, uh, she was just trying to make sure I didn't put, you know, whatever she thinks I thought she had said in the piece. I see. Wanted it. But I, I just was like, oh my God. I don't know if I could ever interview the celebrity again. It was too much. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and that's true of politicians too. Same kind of thing. You know, everybody's got a different personality and everybody's a little bit, uh, has a little bit of a different approach to how they approach the, you know, the, the interaction as it comes together. So you, you confessed that part of your, uh, when you're not being a journalist, you're still being a journalist, which is kind of neat and cool. <laughs> but what else, uh, what else keeps you busy? Like after, after Broadway lights are off and you're onto your weekend and you've got other things to do, what else keeps you busy outside of the oh. journalism space? Oh my gosh. Well, if anyone who's on my Instagram right now knows I am insanely busy right now because I'm at shows three, four nights a week. I was at a premiere the other night for the girls fight Eva on Peacock. Um, and I'm at events all the time. But, uh, so yes, what keeps me busy is the side hustle, which I, I guess that's my hobby. Uh -huh. And also, um, I walk a lot. I go on a hike, um, near my house, which is really fun. Right. And true disclosure, and this Jersey girl has been walking while talking just in, to, to I maximize her time today. So we are super lucky to get you. Yes. <laughs> so that's why you hear me. I'm out of breath walking, but, um, I, and then in the summer I'm down the shore. So always on the boardwalk, yeah. always at the beach. And really, that's, yeah, that's really all I do. It's the best. It's the best. And I can't wait to get up there this summer because I'm looking forward to, I mean, I always have to, I don't have a home base up there anymore. So we have to make a point to come up and do some time at the shore just to get all that good, good stuff in there. Uh, Lee, as we get to the end of our conversation today, I can't wait to meet you in real life in New York in a week. But will you, uh, is there someone that you'd recommend for a future episode of the podcast? Yes, I'm excited to meet you too. And I'm going to recommend my friend, Lisa Rosner, who's a reporter at WCBS. And I think she would have a great insight into a little bit of what I talked about, about working with publicists and pitches and the things that really work and the things that really bug her. Um, awesome. she actually just, she actually just posted something on Instagram right now about it. Awesome. And, <laughs> <laughs> I think it's helpful. You know, I think, I think it's the kind of thing that makes us all better. Like, I think if you tell us, you know, look, these are the things that are sort of breaking through. Awesome. Like we can do better too, you know, and especially now, I mean, you know, and I know like when we first got started, maybe pitches were a little different and content was a little different, but the world is changing. And like, we have really got to get good at this. Because uh, otherwise, we're not going to get our stories out there that we want to tell. And, and you guys are not going to be able to figure out what it is we're trying to sell you because <laughs> we're, we're too verbose or we haven't got the elements that you need. So um, I love that. And I'll, I'll, re I'll reach out to Lisa and I'll let her know that you nominated her for a future episode. Yeah, I'm sure she would love to do it because I, she definitely, I, you know, even 
for her, it, she's on broadcast television. You know, she's got a minute and 30 to tell her story. And she she needs to have all sides of the story. For, you know, it can't just be, I, I, and I think something she would even talk about is, we can't just do a story promoting a, a product or a brand. We right. have to have like a, full, you know, it has to be, multiple things you right know? right 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 that's what advertising is for that's a little different <laughs> as we right. well know you got to pay for that one um well awesome i will totally reach out to lisa and i will let her know that you nominated her and lee i could not be more grateful for you making time for me today uh i'll look forward to seeing you next week on the 11th in new york thanks lisa looking forward to it see you there and that's today's friday reporter podcast a podcast in partnership with PR Daily, a tremendous and helpful guide for all things public relations. Find us there on their website and join us again for another episode soon. Thanks so much. On the morning of August 1st, 1966, shots ring out from the observation deck of the clock tower on the University of Texas campus. It marks the infamous beginning of the modern era of mass shootings in America. You're listening to Stop the Killing podcast. Join us as we take you behind the crime scene tape to explain global mass shootings and mass attacks. I'm Sarah Ferris, but more importantly, this is Catherine Schweitz, the former head of the FBI's active shooter program. I spent five years as the FBI's top executive looking for answers to the mass shooting crisis. I've been at the shooting scenes. I've traced heroic acts of bravery. And I've sat silently and listened to the heart-wrenching stories from survivors. Amongst this horror, there is hope. We all hold the key to stop the killing. You just need to know how to unlock the door. Download Stop the Killing and be part of the solution. Search Stop the Killing on Apple, Spotify and all the usual suspects.